nobody really taught me what sex was about you know it was about we wait for sex because uh, sex is an act that god has created for the marriage bed right and so that was instilled in me but nothing else was so I, there was no other training Ordained Love Podcast. Hey, Nate. Hello, Yvonne. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Well, guys, this is our second episode of the Ordained Love Podcast. Hey, everybody. We are excited that this is our second. Uh, so we still in this thing. Are right, we pushing through? Yeah, we no, do. First of all, we are <laughs> not pushing still in this through thing. on episode Look, two. We got two we are, down. We, no, we are not pushing through Look, we, on episode two. We made it. We made it this far. Uh, consistency, you know what they say about consistency, and we've demonstrated consistency by having our second episode. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. This is not testimony. <laughs> We're so glad that you guys have joined us for another episode of the Ordained Love Podcast. And just a little quick recap from um, last week's podcast. Um, we created this platform um, because we wanted to speak to listeners about what um, a Christian marriage looks like. I think there are so many misconceptions and so many um, stereotypes, you know, around what it is and what it means to be a believer, however you identify yourself, whether you call yourself a believer um, in Jesus Christ, or whether you call yourself a Christian. I think there are so many stigmas and misconceptions around what marriage looks like for us. And I, and I felt it really necessary to create a, a space where um, people can come and, and, and voice um, their ideas and their thoughts. And we do want to hear from you guys. Um, we'll actually drop a link in the description. So when you're reading this or when you're listening to this on Spotify, look in the description. There's going to be a link there. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear what you um, have to say about these topics as well, because no marriage is is the same, right? Marriages are not monolithic, right? So we know that each person experiences or each couple um, experiences marriage differently. And we wanted to tackle the, the, the questions, like pull back the curtain and tackle those questions and debunk this myth right? That people who are Christians or people who are believers have these perfect, better marriages, right? The, 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 um, the statistics say that 50% of all marriages end in divorce and, and, and the statistics for Christian marriages are seemingly no different. Um, 50%, according to, 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 to the data, 50% of all Christian marriages end in divorce as well. Divorce rates are rising, no matter if you're a believer or not. Um, shout out to Pastor G. Um, I heard um, Pastor uh, Gregory Toussaint with um, uh, Tabernacle of Glory Ministries down in Miami, Florida. Um, he made a, a comment in one of his sermons uh, last week. He said that um, if you are a person who divorces then and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then he would have to question if your marriage was indeed Christian in the first place, 
right? So that is, that's such a loaded statement, bro, mm -hmm. because people could be so offended by that. Like, what you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm a Christian and I, you know, I'm, I got divorced and I'm still safe, but I don't think he was talking to the, talking to the validity of your salvation more than that, that, that concept or of ordained love. Like, was Jesus the foundation and the center of your marriage when you got divorced? You know what I'm saying? Or, or as you were going through that process of, of, of se severing ties with that individual. So those are the kind of things that we're going to be kind of tackling here and just pulling back the curtain and asking those hard questions, asking those unspoken, you know, questions and saying those unspoken things um, about Christian marriage and, and what that means, what that looks like. And, and, it, and it's ordained love is beautiful. So even though we'll probably you know dig dig deep you know and and turn every stone and and look at the crux and the crevices of of marriage at the end of the day it's it's a beautiful beautiful thing and that's really why we're so passionate um to be able to to do a podcast like this in, in this format and with this topic uh because uh, marriages are endangered. It, it is an endangered species the way that we know it. And there are a lot of people getting married, but uh, the the way that it, it's established uh, by, by God, right. yeah, it's definitely um, endangered. There's an attack. Let, let's just be real. There's an attack on Christian marriage. And if you're not a Christian and you happen to stumble upon this podcast, which is not just for Christians, trust me, like that's one of the things that we want to um uh, what dissect as well and dismantle really is that religious stigma on Christian marriages. Like just because I love Jesus don't mean I don't struggle with the same stuff that you struggle with, whether you Hindu, whether you Buddhist, whatever you are, whatever you identify yourself as, just because I love Jesus doesn't mean that I don't have the same struggles that you have in your marriage. But because I have Jesus, mm -hmm. I deal with those struggles a little bit differently. And that's what we want to share on this podcast is is how we approach those things and how we see them work in our lives as well as the lives of others. And what don't work? What was I taught in church where I'm like, man, that's bull. Right. So, <laughs> so definitely this platform, Ordained Love, is uh, for everyone and it will it will allow for those who are not really in the faith to really gain some 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 principles and concepts that are actually legitimately like there's in my humble opinion <laughs> the best way and and and, and we will we'll unpack what that means and you don't have to be a christian to apply christian principles right now I, I, obviously it's better when you're in relationship with jesus you can't like you can't come to my house and just use my stuff and you ain't in a relationship. <laughs> like a random stranger can't be like, well, Miss Yvonne, can I use your shower, please? But I think that's part of the misconception, right? A marriage, that as we understand it, is only an example of our relationship with, with Christ. With, with, it's with a Christ. picture, right? Right. So I think the more that we display that marital picture, then hopefully those who don't know Jesus will now get a clear, oh, this is how it's supposed and to be. And a real picture, right. right? Not this made up, false, fake picture of what Christian marriage is, right. but a real picture. Like, I'm not one of those, like, a lot of people be like, 
oh, um, what goes on in your house should stay in your house. You know, you don't tell people your business. You don't go to, and I agree with all of that, right? Because it's a lot of chatty patties that I've experienced personally, me, myself, personally, I've experienced mm. <laughs> a lot of chatty patties in, in church, right? But I want to, I want to get away from the perception of perfection without actually being whole. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like when you're in a room and you guys just got out the car fighting and you, and you walk up in church, you don't think people can feel that energy with, between you two? Like, you don't think people can um, hear you mumbling about your husband, grumbling about your wife out the side of your neck? You know what I'm saying? So, like, so it's 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 shattering the perception of perfection. You know, Christian marriages are not perfect, but Christian marriages should also display the love of God to say, no, we're not perfect people. We're two imperfect people serving a perfect God and trying to grow and learn how to love each other in his perfection. Right. And I think it is, obviously the sacred things need to stay sacred. So I, there is, we're not saying, Hey, go out there and, you know, just share with the world. But I think demonstrating some level of vulnerability, I, I think it does, you know, help expose some of those things that are, in marriage that may be toxic and that with, you know, with that hashing things out, um, uh, we can kind of get rid of those things that, you know, been rooted in the marriage that really is, really has no place, but now we can uproot it when we start to expose them. And so this platform or ordained love is really in a safe place for us to really, uh, you know, bear, get vulnerable and, and well, get bare well, and, and share of, some things. Speaking of getting bare and vulnerable, that brings me to our subject matter for today. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you. <laughs> no? Uh, yeah, it's fine. But you know, I was just thinking in my head, how would it sound if I was the one that introduced the topic that way? It would have had a whole different feel to it. Yeah, because we, cause, because you- Should I try it? First of all, no. <laughs> Second of all, because when men want to talk about sex, you be like, "Get, yeah, bro, calm down." When we're talking about, see, like a woman can talk about sex and she could be joking, she could be, you know, just light, you know, light-hearted about it. When a man talk about sex, you usually be like, "Just don't say the word sex, or he's gonna actually want to do it." Can we pause the uh, podcast? No. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, and I don't know why you're wasting my time with this foolishness. <laughs> you said sex, yeah. So I'm excited about this. I, I, yeah, go ahead, tell us more. What was tell us about sex, Yvonne? What do you mean, tell us about <laughs> sex, Yvonne? I ain't start having sex till I got married to you, homeboy. <laughs> For the, for the second time in my life, though, after I had got oh, after no. I had got delivered the it, first time, is, is that the subject? Is that the topic? The topic is sex. It's not deliverance. The topic <laughs> is, is is sex. All right, go within ahead. a Christian Christian context, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so um, to be to be real and honest. You know, a lot of people in our culture um, don't wait until marriage. Um, you know, I'll share a little bit about us. You waited, I didn't. Um, I, I, from the time I was maybe 16, um, to the time I was about 22, when I um, was, was introduced to Jesus Christ in a radical way, scared to live in the living heaven lights into me and the living hell out of me. Um, 
Um, I, I was uh, very, you know, very uh, sexually active. Um, you know, I would, I mean, I, I can't, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I, I lived free. <laughs> and, um, and, and all I found for me personally at the end of that deep, dark pit um, for me personally was a bunch of connecting myself to people that I would ultimately not end up staying connected to. Um, suffering a lot of heartbreak. Um, thank God I never um, really had any serious consequences as far as like physically or unwanted pregnancies or diseases or anything like that. I think I was just graced um, by God. Um, but the emotional damage mm -hmm. um, that it caused, even even to, you know, me and you, even to us, um, you know, dating and, and coming into a, a, a situation where we decided that we were going to do it God's way and we were going to wait until our wedding night. Um, it was hard for me to trust you that you're, that you're, that you were number one, who you said you were. And I wasn't even, couldn't even think about sex. You know what I'm saying? Because of the emotional damage that I had incurred while um, living my life without Christ as the head, you know what I'm saying? And, and without Christ's leading and without allowing the Holy Spirit to really guide me um, in my choices, especially concerning my personal choices um, concerning my body. And so um, it was very, very hard for me to trust you. Um, it was very hard for me to um, trust you. Um, in the relationship and feel safe with you because of all the toads I had, I had been through and, and, and I had still had those memories, right? Like just because you get saved or you, you rededicate your life to Christ or whatever your case is, it don't mean all of the memories, go, right. <laughs> all right. of the memories go away. And so that was my, um, experience. Um, so, so I was very nervous about coming into a relationship. Number one, coming from relationships where I had already been exposed, um, to, to, you know, sexual relationships with other people and then coming into this marriage with somebody who was a virgin and, you know, spending seven years in celibacy and having to enter into that all that over open again, that back right. Up again. Open yeah. that all over again with those memories, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, so so um yeah, sex was a, a pretty big deal for me. My perspective is a little bit different and I realize now that it was is not all it wasn't all glamorous, you know. So people always praise me for like waiting. Oh, Nate waited, Nate waited. Um but you know, looking back, it wasn't all it wasn't all perfect. I I started walking with God, you know, around 6 15 16. And so that was always implemented in my head to wait. It it was a decision that I made. However, nobody taught me what relationship was about. Nobody really taught me what sex was about. You know, it was about we wait for sex because we, uh, sex is an act that God has created for the marriage bed, right? And so that was instilled in me, but nothing else was so I, there was no other training. There was, mm -hmm. so there was so I was totally unprepared you know what I'm saying for what was to come in into you know our our marriage but I I, I I'm sorry to interrupt I know you didn't interrupt me and I apologize but I just want to I just love that because it's like so many people feel condemned right because they didn't wait to have sex um, they didn't wait for marriage before they had sex mm -hmm. but the truth is 
you can wait and still be unprepared. Absolutely. Right. I was unprepared. It could be traumatic. It, it absolutely. It, it, you know, it, the, I mean, obviously the trauma is different when you're kind of experiencing it um, for different ways and different reasons. But yeah, if you're in a place where you have a an illegitimate understanding of how God established for marriage to be and for sex to be, imagine that sex is ill until you get married. Like, how am I supposed to switch that off? Right. You know right, what I'm saying? How am right, I supposed to right. just switch? You got to wait. Sex, don't, don't look at. So you can't look at a girl lustfully. Mm. You're always turning your eyes, you know, and not looking. Stay away from pornography. Like, I mean, we should do that. But I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying that when everything about sex seems like a negative connotation, right. and when you say, I do, all of a sudden, it's all good. Uh, right. No, right. I, you know, right. you, you done got me so trained. Conditioned. Conditioned. Right. And that's how I was. I feel like I was very guarded. And shout out to Pastor Katina Thompson. That's my homegirl. That's my big sister. That's my mama. She she won't let me call her mom because she'd be like, I'm too young to be your mom. <laughs> but, um, you know, she really, really worked with us um, as far as premarital counseling, wrapping our minds around that concept of what is your view on sex and how have you been taught about it right. because you don't want to go into your marriage as a believer thinking ill 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 stay away stay away stay away and then on this wedding night his his anatomy is doing what it's supposed to do and you're all ill 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 or he's scared to touch you because he's been taught don't look at her don't touch her don't think about her in that right. way and now you come into this space and it's awkward or as he's heck. or he's trying to create every scenario that he's been, you know. That's oh, been... he got a picture in his mind. And then on his wedding night, it don't go that way. And two minutes later, he'd be like, oh, dang. Right? Oh, you dang, because it went totally different in my mind. Right. You thought you was going to be a superhero. And, see, and, and you then just, you rob it. You just, yeah, right. You, <laughs> you just the you sidekick. You don't get no action. You get two, you get two minutes of, uh, of fight time. Right, right. So, so absolutely. I think um, when you talk about sex in a biblical context, I think it's exactly what you're saying. You first have to have a right frame. You have to have a right view of what it is. And the hard part of that, and this is why I love Jesus, because he makes sure we have to come to him for everything, yeah. every area of our life. Because yeah. when you look at scripture, there is Adam and Eve don't give us a context for sex. Right. It says, and and they were naked and unafraid, unashamed, right? That 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 could be naked and unashamed eating cassava melon. Like, I don't know. It doesn't say that they were having sex. A lot of people like to attribute their own ideas into that scripture and, and what it means when we see Adam and Eve in the garden and they were naked and they were unashamed. It never talks about them not once, you know, it doesn't paint a picture for us, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you're framing your your view or when you're framing your your mind around what does sex look like in my relationship as a believer with my spouse not my boyfriend my girlfriend I'm just putting that out there y'all mm -hmm. with my spouse when you're framing that you you have to um include god god what does this look like for me um somebody may may not have the testimony that we have somebody may have 
you know, been in some deep, dark places um, in their singleness, and they might feel guilt or shame or different feelings that is attached to their sexuality because of what they've done in the past or who they were in the past. And they, and they bring that, you know, with them into their marriage that can cause some tremendous, you know, tremendous disruption. Because if I, as a woman, um, I, I heard, uh, I'll say it like this. I once heard a, a preacher say, no man wants to feel like he's raping his wife. Right. So as a woman, if I come into the marriage bed with this sense of guilt and shame mm -hmm. and embarrassment around who I used to be, mm -hmm. or I'm on the other extreme and I come into the bedroom comparing my husband to the five guys that I had before him, when in fact, he's like none of them then I'm going to be in trouble. My marriage is going to be in trouble and my, and my, and my relationship is going to suffer. I think it's definitely important to, to have a, a right, a, a right mindset or, you know, state of mind or just understanding um, before match. So imagine going into marriage. So we, it, we're going to be dealing with a lot of different people. Um, and, and that's a lot of our listeners are going to be people who are considering marriage. A lot of people are going to be people who's been married for a long time. Um, some who did it God's way, didn't do it God's way. Well, don't know what God's way is, but curious to find out what it is. So imagine you're coming in with all of that stuff, all of that baggage. And, and for the whole, you know, um, for the whole time that you guys been engaged and, and fiancing and courting each other, it's all lofty and, and love. And mm -hmm. I'm this, this person completes me and it's, everything is beautiful, but these deep rooted things are not being dealt with, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about even finances, how many kids we want to have, where do we want to live? And all those things are important, but there's these hidden things, these deep rooted seated things, these, these things that have been uh, in, in us because of our culture, because of how we were raised, because of our experience experiences, I think it's very important that we hash those things out even before marriage. So that's the, for the ones who haven't gotten there yet. It's a lot of work even before you get there. And the better prepared you are, the more you're able to uncover and, 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 and you know, kind of uh, what you call it, just unroot, un you know, just open up, unravel, you know, unravel un uh, or uproot. unpack. Right. Is the, unpack really the word. and uproot. Right. Like, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that we had to do um, in, in our, in our um, relationship, because when you don't sleep with somebody, when you're not sleeping with them and you're not having sex before marriage, it really gives you the opportunity to uproot, to find out who is this person? Mm -hmm. What are they coming into this relationship with? And, and that's really the purpose of dating right if, if, as far as from a a a christian point of view or a biblical worldview or or however you want to say it i'll i'll call it like this an ordained love kind of view right, right. so the first thing that we do um when we're dating in in, the, in under a ordained love model mm -hmm. if you will is we we take time to to get to know the person so let me ask you a question because we can get into this all day long and not ask the real question the real question for the day is jesus give me grace how if i'm going to do it in the ordained love way we all know at least it's 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 natural common wisdom that you test drive the car before you buy in how then 
do I navigate this? What? How, because there's still a problem here, you know. If I'm going into, I don't know if you got a yacht, a tugboat, or a, a canoe. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there myself, but um, that's part of it. So how do how do one navigate that? I'm glad you asked that question. What I think is we're going to have to answer it on part two of this oh, episode. Oh, <laughs> no, she did it. Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, because we're out of time. We are out of time, guys. We are out of time. We want time. We want to hear your thoughts on this episode. Let's talk about sex. We're going to talk about sex more in the next episode. And don't forget, we have the uh, on the description below, you will see the link where you can drop messages so you can comment uh, about anything that we talked about today. Share your thoughts. We would love to share those thoughts on our next episode. Um, and also, if you do have an answer to this question that we're talking about, how do I not drive test drive the car before I drive, buy it? We would love to hear your perspective on that as well. All right, guys, we thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We're going to answer that question, test driving the car. Do I test drive before I, I buy or do I buy sight unseen like all of these people who moved down to Florida from <laughs> California and New York? I just oh, threw that out there. A I'm salty, bit, yeah, man. I'm a little bit salty. House <laughs> prices going up. This is ridiculous. <laughs> guys, we love you guys. We'll talk to you and see you on the next episode of Ordained Love. Bye.